0: welcome 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 and welcome to the adventure of an entrepreneur the podcast that dives deep into the world of entrepreneurship we're going to be hearing the stories from entrepreneurs from all over the world in different industries they're going to be sharing with us the stories of how they face setbacks, walk through fire, climbed mountains to reach success. I'm your host, Shri Mahabir. Today's guest, we're going to be talking about gifting and what that experience should be like. Because some of us, like myself, don't know what we're doing. And so I'm super excited to bring on my wonderful guest who knows all about giving that gift experience to someone, whether it's a gift card, whether it's taking a memento that someone lost and then bringing it back and giving it to them. You know what? I'm not going to keep going because we need to hear these tips. You know, before we know it, we're going to be shopping. His name is Patrick Kutcherson, and I'm so excited he's here today. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, Shree. Hey, everyone. How are you doing?
0: Hey, hey, hey. So if you're in the comments, definitely make sure to say hello and let us know where you're tuning in. But I know some of you don't like to talk. You just like to watch. So if you have a question, drop it in the comments or you know what? You can definitely reach out to Patrick. Tell him that you saw him on my show so he doesn't block you. Let's get into this. So, Patrick. Before you became what you are doing today, I'm real curious to find out. And that is, how did you become a treasury analyst? Like, who goes from managing funds for corporate, domestic, and international bank accounts to what you're doing today?
1: (laughs) It's a good question. I had it all planned. Uh, Not exactly. But uh, so back in college, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it is, I studied finance, but I also had a minor in entrepreneurship. So I always had that itch to be an entrepreneur. And I got a great job out of college at a Marathon Oil company. You know, I was working in their treasury department. Had a lot of responsibility for someone in their early 20s. And you know, it was a high stress job. And I got that experience for two years. And the most important thing that taught me is that world is not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had a friend from, from college, uh, come down and visit me in Houston. And he had recently started a business called Be My DD, Be My Designated Driver. And he needed someone to to come on and help him grow that business. And at that time, it was really small. Uh, So I moved back up home to Cleveland, uh, Ohio, and I helped him grow that across the country. Uh, So we scaled it from, from one state to about 30 by the time that I left. Uh, So I had that experience as a very young founder. And after that, I went into venture capital uh, to coach other entrepreneurs on how to grow their businesses. And I did that for about seven years. And I kept having that itch to get back into entrepreneurship. So in early 2022, I saw my opportunity with with Better Gift Coach, which is what I'm currently doing now.
0: So I want to rewind just a little bit. You were actually in a company where you were helping other entrepreneurs. What are some things that came up a lot for new entrepreneurs that are starting out?
1: Validate your market. Right. So fail as fast as you possibly can. So I can't, you know, not a week went by where I wasn't talking to an entrepreneur, maybe this was their first time and they were, they were coming to us and they said, Hey, you know, I need a a million bucks or whatever it is to, for this idea. Uh, and I would ask the questions, well, you know, how many potential customers have you talked to, right? Who are they? What are their pain points? How do you measure those pain points? And usually those questions uh, weren't answered yet. And that's okay. Uh, but you know, not everything is, uh, like Shark Tank, the television show. So you got to go out and roll up your sleeves and talk to potential customers. And you can get a lot of work done doing that uh, before you need a cent.
0: I like that you said you got to figure out, validate your market, validate if this is where you should be. I know when I started, it was for a virtual assistant and I was interviewing entrepreneurs in 2020. And that's when, after I did a hundred of these episodes that I realized I have a passion of helping people to get on camera. Had I known this earlier, it would have saved me a lot of heartache. So for anybody who's joining in and you want to understand what kind of gifts to give or what should you keep in mind, ask those questions because Patrick is here for that. I'm going to be asking questions, but I want to hear from you. So Patrick, tell us about your services and how do you help your clients?
1: Good question. So Better gift coach right now is a brand that helps make people better gift givers, not better gift shoppers. All right. So I started off with a newsletter, which has a really low barrier to getting started. If you're an entrepreneur and considering a newsletter business, it's awesome because you can get started pretty quickly and you just got to get your reps in and keep going. And eventually, you know, you, you poke around and you find an audience and then you try to scale from there. Uh, So right now, the flagship offering of better gift coach is a free newsletter. Uh, it's a weekly newsletter. Every week I share the story of the best gift that someone's ever received or given. And then I provide guidance on how to replicate that gift. And it's, you know, year round, it's a one to two minute brief break from your week to get into what I call that gift giving's break that gift brainstorming zone um, where Eventually, you're going to find yourself experiencing what I call two of the greatest feelings one can experience. And that's one, being super relieved to have great gift ideas well in advance of when you need them, and two, being super excited to give them to the people that you love in your life.
0: I love that you are sharing tips every week. I love that we can learn how we can do that as well. But I got to ask, where are you finding all of these stories?
1: Good question. So this started off better gift coach really started off as a social experience, a social experiment for me. So I'm not a great gift giver by nature, if you can believe that Uh, I wanted to become a better gift giver. So I was desperately looking for shortcuts for someone who had a busy life with with kids and career on how to do that. And I started asking other people, hey, you know, what's the best gift you've ever received or given? And eventually I started off with a a small catalog of those stories. They really worked for me and just replicating those gifts. So I started the newsletter. The newsletter got bigger and bigger and bigger. And as thousands of more subscribers joined, I started encouraging them to share their stories. So it's really become a community where every week I'm sharing someone's story who's a, a subscriber with the rest of the subscribers.
0: So I know I put the link in here, but tell us more about what is one of the best gifts? Like, well, actually, you know what? Because all of them are really good. What's the craziest? Because, you know, there's always going to be the best. But then what's the craziest?
1: All right. Do you want like crazy good or crazy bad?
0: Ooh. Okay, let's get both, because I really hope that anybody who is watching, everybody who's watching this, whether it's the live or replay, or you're listening to it on the podcast, what is isn't was an example of a bad gift? And what's an example of a good gift?
1: All right. So, and this is funny, I just did. So every Halloween, I started a tradition where my edition that I share the week of Halloween is scary bad gift stories. So I share all of the stories that subscribers had submitted throughout the year that were, you know, in their mind, bad gifts, right? Because they know that I do this. So I, I just kind of keep a tally of them. Um, Well, I'll give you last year's winner. Uh, Last year's winner was a mother-in-law. So imagine it's, you know, Christmas morning and you're sitting around the the living room with all of your family members and your mother-in-law is there. And she gives you a gift that she insists you open in front of everyone. And it turns out that it's risky lingerie. Um, And that's what this mother-in-law did. That's a super embarrassing moment. Um, So that was a bad one. And then the one that I believe won this year based on the community survey was uh, somebody's boyfriend at the time gave them a necklace uh, that they proudly said they found, like, next to a sewer drain. Uh, and that was the only gift that they were given for Valentine's Day.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: so those are crazy bad gifts. I, I mostly f- only focus on on crazy good gifts. Um, <laughs> so I can share those, too, if you'd like.
0: What's one example of a crazy good gift?
1: Crazy is subjective, right? But one of the ones that I really like that I think is a little bit kooky is uh, someone, and this this would work well for anyone who's in a workplace relationship with others, because this story is about a retirement gift. But I think it would work for you know um, anyone you work with who you have a close relationship with, maybe even uh, a client. Is if you have a running inside joke or someone has a quote that you know you attribute to them that's kind of funny get that illustrated that they can actually like put on their wall. Right. So I can't even remember one of the subscribers shared a story about, uh, a gentleman who was retiring and he had all these kooky sayings. So what she did was had several of them animated into like a piece of art that she gave him upon retirement that he can hang. Uh, and it was just a great way to bond and say, Hey, you know, Uh, I recognized you and all the funny things that, you know, all the laughs that we've had throughout the years.
0: Oh, that's a really good idea. I like the idea of taking something that it's a joke between you guys and then making it into something. Um, This is a joke, too, (laughs) because Robert Berry, who is an auditor, he does a show called Friday Fraudster. And one of the episodes, the woman had or I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but somebody. Stole money and they were buying Louis Vuitton teddy bears. <laughs> so that's it. Somebody who was <laughs> and Robert, how much are they? Because for some of us who are thinking, well, that shouldn't be that much. Let's let's talk about get, you know, I, I actually know how much they are. I think I think they're crazy, like ten thousand dollars. I could be wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, because this is gift season and people want to give the best gifts, if you are an entrepreneur or even just somebody who's got a bunch of people they got to, oh, he's told us 10 to 15K. Wow. Okay. What is, you know, what should we keep in mind first when it comes to giving gifts? Is it the budget or is it the person? Like, what do we do first?
1: Are you talking in the professional setting or the personal setting? Um,
0: Professional professional first.
1: Professional. Okay. I could probably tie it to personal as well because I have a golden rule for gift giving and it'll make sense uh, across any relationship you have. So you should always prioritize giving gifts that people want to receive over giving gifts that you want to give, right? Selfish gift giving, which we're all guilty of. Uh, We just may not notice it.
0: That's a good one. That's a good one. Like think about what's in it for them, not
1: oh, yeah. for you. So anyone who's in a, a situation where you're giving professional gifts, so those might be to um, employees, coworkers, clients, partners. I would highly recommend reading a book or listening to a book. I listen to it. It's only a three-hour-long audio book. It's called Giftology. Ooh. Uh, it's really good. And let's see, it was, uh, the author is, his name is John Rulin, R-U-H-L-I-N. And he's like the guru on business gift giving, right? I've more focused on personal gift giving. Those are also kind of the stories shared within the Better Gift Coach newsletter. Uh, but he has two great gifts. So, so John Rulin shares two great tips in his book, Giftology. One is don't make the gift about you, make it about them. And that also goes for logos. Most people in a business setting don't want gifts from you that have your logo on it. They want gifts that have their logo on it. So think about it that way. And that ties back to the golden rule, right? Give gifts that people want to receive over gifts you want to give. And the other concept that he shares in the book that I would, that would highly encourage people to practice is something he calls planned randomness. So that's giving gifts on what I'll call off calendar events. So everybody is going to give their clients or their coworkers gifts, you know, around the holidays or maybe around their birthday. But they're not always going to give them gifts around, you know, you pick the day, St. Patrick's Day or their wedding anniversary if you know it something like that. So giving a gift that people on giving a gift at a time when someone's not expecting it helps the gift stand out from the, you know, swarm that they're going to receive around the holidays or another busy time, expected time.
0: I actually worked with a client who was all about giving gifts on days that people don't expect. And so what the first thought was, uh, nobody gets gifts in January.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because everybody's trying to, or uh, nobody gets gifts in like you said, St. Patrick's Day, then there's Beer Day and there's all those little days that come in between. But you definitely um, can pick a day, any day, because this time of year, there's a lot going on. So we were talking about it, actually, where, you know, going into when you're thinking about gifts, gift cards. Now, I'm not against gift cards. I actually like gift cards. But I'm just saying there's like a bunch of gift cards. I don't know where they are. They're hidden. I I thought I put it in a place so safe. I can't find them. However, with gift cards, I find that sometimes you get a gift card to a place that you're like I kind of like this place. So what are some things that we should keep in mind when it comes to gifts, gift cards?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pro gift card. Just make sure you're giving gift cards that people want to receive right? And I'm a big fan of of Visa gift cards because, you know, you can pretty much use them anyway. So I think they're a lot more likely to be used. And the other cool thing about Visa gift cards, so some people feel like gift cards are too impersonal, right? But uh, with Visa gift cards, if you go to giftcards.com, I have no vested interest in you going to giftcards.com. But if you do, you can get a Visa gift card and you can personalize the image that is on the card as well as the message. So you can have an image of that person or something that's symbolic of your relationship with them and write, you know, their name on it with, you know, something like, Hey, you know, happy one year anniversary of working together something like that on the card. So it completely takes a traditionally impersonal card or more impersonal gift, I mean, and makes it much more personal.
0: So, we have Robert who's like, you mean I shouldn't buy someone a gift I actually want to use? <laughs> and he's saying, I'm pro gift card. Want to send me one? <laughs> this is for anybody who's watching or if you're listening in on the podcast. Robert Barry, that audit guy. If you want to send him a gift card, you can do that. Okay. So what about handwritten cards or thank you notes? What do you think about those?
1: Some of the best gifts you can give, especially in the the professional setting, right? So I think a lot of people struggle with what to give their managers. Uh, It's kind of a weird relationship. Like, are you really going to give your manager a gift card that has a monetary value attached to it? They know how much you get paid. Like, it's it's just kind of a sticky situation that I would advise avoiding. Managers generally don't want money from you. Um, So I love the idea of a handwritten card, So a really thoughtful handwritten card, you know, make it more than let's call it seven sentences, reflecting on, you know, your appreciation for them, your growth because of them, you know, your appreciation for the relationship that you have, all that good stuff in a handwritten card. That's one of the best gifts you can give. And my community supports this. I just put out uh, a recent story on someone saying the best gift they've ever received is a handwritten letter from their stepfather. And I asked the community in a poll, like, you know, is this a great gift? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Overwhelmingly, people wanted that gift.
0: I would love a handwritten get uh, a handwritten letter or no. My daughter makes them every year for my birthday or. Well, now that she's in college, she'll do a Christmas one. And actually now it's gotten to a point nobody wants uh, any her to buy her anything because they want her to sit down and make a card for them.
1: Oh. <laughs> She's like 21
0: and she still gets stuck with the task. So one idea that came to mind one year when I worked with the sales team, they were all men. And I thought, you know what? They all like to drink. And the idea came and I said, OK, I went to first I found out what is their favorite liquor. And then I went to the liquor store and bought the little shot, the small ones, and I put it in each cup and then I gave it to them. I put it in a little bag and they're like, They just, they thought it was like candy or something. When (laughs) they looked, they were like, this is the best gift ever.
1: (laughs) Well, the personalization and the effort just, you know, it's, that is a really good gift as far as personalization and effort goes.
0: That's what I learned in that example. Cause I didn't think that it was going to be like, in some cases I couldn't find the exact one, but I knew they liked maybe uh, just whiskey And I found the best option, but I I didn't think much of it. But now that you explained it like that, it's, it's just, it was just a little bit of thought, which is the theme, right? When it comes to an experience, it's the theme of it. And if I was to go and think about a gift for a loved one, somebody, let's say your mom who has like everything, she's got your footprint. She's got your cards, (laughs) She's got the, if you, if you know, you know, you, if you know, you know, the turkey with your hand, like she has all of it. (laughs) For someone like that, what would be some suggestions of how to figure out an idea for that person?
1: Yeah, I mean, so for anyone who has everything, they don't have one-on-one bonding time experiences with you, right? So studies show. That people most often, if they're gonna associate themselves with a a preferred gift, it's usually experiences. And those could be group experiences or one on one experiences. I think it depends on the person. Uh, But those to me are like the best gift you can give someone who has everything. Um, But other great gifts from mom, you know, just anything that celebrates their relationship with you is a great gift. So in the Better Gift Coach newsletter, uh somebody shared this year for mother's day that they created a personalized crossword puzzle for their mom and all the clues and words were you know inside jokes or places they had been something associated with their relationship and the mother just loved it and you know exactly what she's getting next year she knows right um is another crossword puzzle and with technology it's so it's pretty easy to build that stuff now um, chat GTP will give you you know, clues that go along with words and uh, there's like free crossword crosswordpuzzle.com. You can go and just enter the, the words and the, uh, the clues and it'll generate a crossword puzzle for you.
0: Oh, because as you were talking, I was like, how am I supposed to do all of this? But then you started talking about GPT and then there's, okay, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this makes it easy. Uh, we have a few comments. We have uh, Robert Berry, I write like a doctor. Can I use a handwritten font?
1: Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> or you
0: can hire somebody. You can Is, hire someone. Aren't there like companies that actually do handwritten, like they print it out in your hand?
1: I do not know. Um, I mean, handwritten, I think means a lot more. I, I, but I, Robert, I see nothing wrong with typing it out. And then, you know, as long as you sign it uh, in your own hand, I think that has the same touch.
0: And Saima says, I love gift cards, but I absolutely love a handwritten card. I've gotten many and I treasure them. Read them from time to time. That's that's a reason why I like giving them because people really do like to read some, especially if they're having a bad day. And Saima saying, I always write a card with the present. OK, so we learned about how we should kind of like think in the person. It, the, this gift is for them. So don't put your logo put their logo or their name. Yeah. But we always somehow companies like to put, we got to put our logo. No, you don't (laughs) No, you don't. They'll still remember you. Trust me. They'll remember you. They'll
1: probably remember you more.
0: Yes. And then when you have somebody who you feel like has everything like mom or dad, give your time. I know. I mean, some of us, my mom, if I said, you know, I'm just going to spend time with you, take you out to lunch. she will be like, okay. Or, my dad, we have to take care of him. So I'm like, look, I'll take care of all the all day. You can leave the house. She's running out the door. Um, then there's just put some thought and effort. Ask questions. Like, what's a really sneaky way that you can ask people what they like? I have a way sometimes, but for those who struggle with it, how can you find out what someone likes?
1: Yeah. So first I'll say that I'm not – a fan of trying to beat around the bush when it comes to just asking someone what they want. I mean, studies would support that it's people, gift recipients much prefer gifts that they've requested over uh, unrequested gifts. Uh, So I'm always a fan of just asking, but there's plenty of reasons why maybe you're not going to do that or you're not comfortable doing it. So I understand that people are offering us clues if we just listen. And that's another magical thing that I think happens with the Better Gift Coach newsletter because it gets you into that gift brainstorming zone once a week is you start listening for cues that people are telling you throughout the year. So some of my favorite, you know, if I was to make a a mixtape, right, of all the things people say when they tell you what they want by not actually telling you what they want, the tracks would be like, I'm craving dot, dot, dot. Remember when dot, dot, dot. Uh, I've always wanted to try dot, dot, dot. I can really use some help with dot, dot, dot. I've been meaning to get my hands on dot, dot, dot. Like they're telling you this throughout the year. Just listen uh, and take notes. And if if
0: it is hard for you to remember... Just ask, just be like, look, what do you like? Yeah. <laughs> just, <Yeah. helping>
1: <laughs> you know, the other thing I should mention is, you know, one of the, the, the grave errors that I see people make, and I make this myself. And so the fingers pointing this way too, is treating gift giving like a solo sport, right? So let's quickly talk about who should be on your team. Cause it really should be a team sport, not a solo sport, uh, first and most important, your gift recipient, you know, always try to ask them what they want if you can. But what about who else could be on your team, their friends and family? I've won brownie points by just texting my my wife's sister, you know, two months before her birthday and just say, hey, what do you think she would want? And she'll do some digging for me if she doesn't have a gift in mind already. Um, so, you know, utilizing other people or your friends and family, you can always just ask them, hey, what's a gift you gave to, you know, your boyfriend or your your aunt or whoever it might be. Um, people have good stories and they're willing to share them.
0: That's, that's called making allies. So if somebody <laughs> finds something you like about them and then Plus, if they're helping you, you might want to put a is it a good idea to maybe throw in an incentive for them as well?
1: I've never thought about that. People just share their gift stories with me for free. Um, I well, guess this you know your
0: sister, your sister-in-law, right? Yeah. Like she's digging for you for your wife. So what if I have a sister-in-law who's like, so what's in it for me? <laughs>
1: I would rather have my sister-in-law than your sister-in-law then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have if, a yeah. sister-in-law, but I'm just saying there's somebody out there listening in who's probably like, that's my sister-in-law or brother-in-law.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would hope that they would want their respective brother or sister to get a great gift and be happy. But um, I'm, yes, you're right. There are folks out there who are probably looking for something in it for them. And I haven't had to navigate that yet, so I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs>
0: there's always a way so Mm -hmm. what's the best way to connect with you
1: yeah just go to bettergiftcoach.com bettergiftcoach.com and sign up for the free newsletter again it's a one to two minute read a week and it's going to get you into that gift brainstorming zone every week you're going to see an inter read an entertaining story of the best gift someone's ever received and receive simple tips on how you can go about replicating that. So that's the best way to connect with me. I in on I am on Instagram, but I should probably take some tips from you, Sheree. I'm not all that great at it. Um, <laughs> so the best way to connect with me is just via the newsletter. And you will see, it's a it's more than a one way relationship because I do get a lot of community involvement.
0: So you know, if you want to learn more, and you are watching the replay or you're watching the live right now, I do have the links in the comments. And if you're listening in on the podcast, I have the links at the bottom, by the way, since I'm talking about the podcast adventure of an entrepreneur, you can listen to it. I just dropped the links in the comments so that you can catch the newest episode that dropped, which is with rock Hunt about email marketing. And then I also wanted to let you guys know next week, there is a three day summit that I'm a part of where other entrepreneurs are sharing their stories and how you can scale going from mistakes they've learned or had and what they've learned and how it can help you. Plus I share tips on how to build your visibility using video and live streaming. I'll drop that link in the comments. So before we leave, I just want to ask you looking back at your journey of being an entrepreneur, what you're doing today, what's a few things that you wish you knew before you started?
1: I wish I knew before I started Well, I wish that I knew that I had no idea who my target customer was. Uh, I went in having an assumption and I was completely wrong. And that was okay. Uh, but I had a lot of conviction that I knew what I was doing. And uh, as far as reaching out to the, who I thought my target customer was, and I didn't. Um, and then also just asking questions, right? Just finding people who have been there, done that and uh, connecting with them, joining mastermind groups with them, just being part of a community of like-minded folks who are doing the same thing. Uh, its Entrepreneurship could be a really lonely game only if you let it be, though.
0: And that is true. You don't need to be alone. Where We shouldn't be suffering in silence. You should be part of some type of community, whether you're paid or free, because it can get hard. It can get difficult. I mean, Patrick has a community that's about gift giving, but I can imagine that there's other lessons and blessings that others have found from this wonderful newsletter that you have and also just if you are thinking about joining some kind of mastermind some kind of community make sure that that community is in alignment to what you're looking for i have one he has one you probably are trying to think of one but always think about what is what what are your values i hope you have a wonderful day or evening Thank you so much, Patrick. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you found it very helpful, share it with a friend, share it in your social media. Until the next time.